Welcome to the Busy Being Born podcast with your hosts Kamande and Kigondu. Sana to another episode of the Busy Being Born podcast. Yes, karibuni sana. Maze. Good to see you, Commander. Good to see you as well. It's cold, man. Maze, this weather. I don't know when people are listening to this. So, eh, kani 2030 and uh, it's cold, then yes, that's how we are feeling right now. Nice. Uh, but we have tea. Our guest has coffee. Uh, yeah, she'll tell us why she likes coffee. She mentioned uh, the reason why and Maria concurred and said it's like a superpower thing. So yeah. maybe we'll start with that. But anyway, karibuni. Great episode ahead. Um, and this episode is brought to you by Funky Science. Funky Science is an education technology company striving to ensure that kinesthetic learning is incorporated into cognitive learning at a young age through creative experimentation. Um, Funky, Funky Science delivers creative science experiments via online classes, camps, clubs, and events with the aim of encouraging students to love and practice science. The direct beneficiaries of Funky Science are school-going children of ages between 5 and 13, Um, The experiments are interactive and encourage children to ask all sorts of questions about science and also to participate in a wide variety of experiments. Through these experiments, they teach um, children the value of science in their daily lives and that science is not only manageable but very easy and fun. The experiments are tailored towards providing children with the necessary information and interest that they will require to pursue science-based careers later in their lives. The experiments are simple and use common material that um, everyone can identify with and is available in your day-to-day average home, if you may. For sure. Um, and introducing the Funky Science, um, science Kit. The Funky Science, uh, um, Funky Science the company has incorporated the learning aspects into their novel science kits. And these kits help um, children discover new lessons and amazing adventures. Each kit has experiment flashcards to guide the child with step-by-step instructions on how to conduct each experiment. Um, they have content that is fun, relevant, and aligns um, with educational curricula, 844, IGCSE, and all that. And these kits develop an innovative uh, innovative spirit in learners by using regular, everyday tools, um, like I said. Um, funky Science, working towards inspiring the next generation of scientists. For sure. And uh, you can find them on social media um, at Funky Science everywhere, F-U-N-K-E-S-C-I-E. NCE. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube. They have content on YouTube, I think, every week. And and you know, you you and your child can can do one of the fun experiments to get started. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. We do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, who's asking? Should I jump in? Are they uh, risk last time? No. Yeah. Are they brilliant? <laughs> Yes, they are brilliant. Trust me. Okay, come on. Yes, are they brilliant? Yes, they are brilliant. (laughs) Are they are they representing the motherland? Oh, of course. In a very special way, they are representing the the motherland. motherland. And Uh are they busy being born? Aye, that's the only reason they're here. Yeah, busy being born. Tell us more. Tell us more. Tell us more, man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. ladies and gems, Karibu Nisana. We have a guest, and our guest today is a media personality with over a dozen years. In the communications world, you might have spotted her as a regular panelist on the popular Kenyan weekly recap show, The Trend. But prior to that, a smart social commentator has had stints in radio as a presenter and a producer 
which she did uh, in the TV world as well. She studied creative arts at Moy University and her background in marketing and communications, her arm in media relations and her passion for development led her path into fundraising management at um, Faraja Cancer Support Trust where she currently works. A member of the Kenya Association of Fundraising Professionals, she's prolific with event management as seen over the years and is a popular MC whose quest to add value to whatever event organization or even conversation she steps into is always seen in her wit, grace and pursuit of excellence. Excellence. Ladies and gents, we are honored to have with us the regal Cindy Ogana Rogoi. Oh my god, I need to read this. Who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is that me? Uh, that is definitely I'm tempted to see that. Um, I, I think our openings are killer. They always mostly do it, because yeah? we actually the main reason is that we have very solid guests with us. For oh, sure. So for none sure. of that is a lie. Yeah. Thank of that you. is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. This is so nice. And I like the bit about funky science. We have a firstborn who is such a whiz kid. Ah, and I think he'd be really good for that. So yeah. I'm I'm learning as we go along. Yeah, this I'll, really I'll put cool. you in contact with the funky science yeah, team. Absolutely. And I'm going to steal this. Sure. Intro. Oh yeah? Mm. Yeah. And, and plagiarize it. So just so you know, <laughs> I will not give you credit. <laughs> I'll pass it off as my own. <laughs> all good. Because in truth, it is actually all you. Oh, wow. You're the one who's been it's doing that. So oh, fantastic. We are, we are really honored to have you with us. Oh, I'm yeah. so happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Um, I think quid pro quo. Okay. You can plug in the Busy Being Born podcast on um, the Cassit Anchor. Yeah, I can, absolutely. Which is a good starting point for us. Tell us more yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> you will not believe Cassit Anchor started out of an argument. Okay. So my husband and I would argue and would have long periods of silence in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and we live on the other side of town. We live in Eastlands. We use the outer ring road and we'd get stuck in mad traffic. So we're stuck in mad traffic. We're not talking to each other. And I said, you know what? We <laughs> we were arguing about pork chops. And I'll be honest, I'd never cooked pork chops prior. So through an influencing gig, I got a bunch of pork chops and I burnt them. So he happened to forget that he's married, treated me like his boy, <laughs> and tried to suggest that maybe I can talk to his friend's wife, you know, um, about how... I should make pork chops. I was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> so we had this tiff and we weren't talking and I wanted to talk and I could tell he didn't want to talk. So I just held the phone and I spoke to the phone as if I was talking to him because it was easier at that time to ease the tension. And I did about a seven, eight minute thing. And he said, the moment I stopped recording, he said, I hope you're going to put that up on YouTube. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. Yeah. Because not only did he understand why we were not talking, but he understood where I was coming from. Because I guess um, the phone was a medium. It broke the ice. Yeah. I didn't feel like there was tension um, talking to him directly. So I posted it. I got mad reviews. It was shared in WhatsApp groups. It became crazy. People calling me, oh my God, when is the next episode? And that's how Kasik Tanka started. There you go. Amazing. Imagine. There you go. Just like that. <laughs> Just <yeah>? like that. <laughs> Nothing to do with the pandemic. No. Because a lot of the people we've talked to, especially in the creative right. um, arts, they started a lot of uh, production, content creation yeah. because of the pandemic. Yes. So I, I actually thought the story would be um, I in my head. Yeah. Mm. Silly me. 
yeah. had this idea that okay this was born out of uh, you know being a creative in, in a pandemic no it was pre covid it was um yes it was pre covid no covid had just started but mm. it had absolutely nothing to do with the pandemic we were just fighting and i needed <laughs> the fight to end yeah so i discovered that people really um need another way of looking at relationships and funk um and i had a wealth of knowledge because i've been in very ma- <clears throat> not very many guys that sounds bad <laughs> i've been in a couple of long term relationships that were very dramatic and tumultuous yeah so i learned a lot and i got out of my funk so i thought if i share my story i could help someone and i every week i share my story and i give my perspective and i get more and more comments like oh my god i know what you're saying and you know could you help me get through this could you hook me up with mm-hmm. the counselor that you use whatever the case might be so that's what kasi tanka is it's all about helping you get rid of your funk okay um is, is it is it is it a thing that you've done um Uh, as you've grown you know yeah. where you whatever is disturbing you mm. whatever you're struggling with you yeah. use art or something to sort of be a way of letting it all is out oh yes yeah if you want to know Cindy's heartbroken she's doing something artistic okay there you go <laughs> so is this how your your blog started uh, back in the day yes so um when i was doing theater and creative arts this is when i was also in another terrible relationship but not too bad because i learned a lot i formed a dance group we were called dance afrique right now i can't even cross my legs please <laughs> <laughs> so i've always used art as a medium to express myself and to and that's how i got into poetry because when i discovered pony open mic and it was such a different forum back in the day we were allowed to use cuss words we were allowed to use poetry um express ourselves in shang and i just found an outlet to them like oh my gosh this is really cool so i got into poetry eventually i'm seeing eventually being published um and yes i keep finding myself in avenues especially artistic avenues where i can exp- but isn't that art anyway yes it it's is. expression right of what i mean isn't that why taylor swift is so popular because all her songs are based on heartbreak and what she's gone through so i found that if i plugged my deep uh emotions and i found an outlet a catharsis sort of thing then it would not only help me but it'll help other people i'd go on kwani open mic right now my mommy brain i can't even remember my passwords <laughs> you know but i'll go open mic something i've just jotted down me and tony mushama and we are like oh let's go up let's do this let's do that yeah 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 and it was crazy and i'd love how i felt after yeah just a deep sense of relief and endorphins i'm like oh i need to do that again so you take it a notch higher isn't it you keep looking for avenues where you can um pour out this overpouring of ideas that you have and i'm really blessed god has always given me an opportunity to to express myself it was kwani open mic it was when i was um when i was a student before i graduated i got a job as an artistic director for um film not was it wasn't film for theater musical theater and after that i got into radio to christian radio story for another day no for today <laughs> <laughs> i got uh-huh. into christian radio and then i got into advertising and then i did a reality tv show called the presenter yeah 
Yep. Where were you guys? We were what? Um, we were at home in watching. In 2007. <laughs> we actually, just cleared from yeah, 4. Yeah, yeah, that was actually going to Are be Are you my, serious? Yeah, that was actually yeah. going to be my next question. Um and and it's great because I feel like you've touched on a lot of components that have um that have shaped your life and a lot of the things that you've done. But I want maybe to rein in and kind of give this a certain level of chronology. Okay. Right? Um you're very artistic. And I remember now talking about the presenter and even when i saw you fasting today i was like how am i going to be able to do this i watched the presenter and i remember thinking to myself cindy is probably one of the most articulate people i've seen around i've watched come on now yeah mm-hmm. yeah no truly take it, um truly take it to the bank um really? yeah and and to date and and even when we were doing research for this um show and and watching some of your um content that we haven't we hadn't interacted with before i remember thinking the same thing forget yeah. about the mummy brain so it's mm. i don't think it's done anything to, <laughs> to your level of articulation and how you were able to um put words together right um so how did did you always know that you were artistic or is that something that um maybe uh, by luck um, came about by luck i um i didn't know that i was artistic i thought i was weird <laughs> you know mm. true story growing up i was always different my thought process was different how i would express myself had see things i'd randomly bust into song uh, songs that i've composed in the bathroom put him that look of what's wrong with you and then you know there's this um snap I'll, I'll Google it, but it's uh, a famous quote, a truly artistic mind. We are tortured souls, right? Yeah. So we get into like really deep thoughts and sometimes it's borderline depression. I was like, what is wrong with me? What's wrong with me? But I did not know that that is just, I'm wired different. And when you're, um, when you have a lot and God has blessed you with a lot, sometimes it's difficult for the a lot to align themselves in what the world calls normal. So the a lot can bust out in the middle of like I said in the shower or when you're alone in the room or when you're in a crowd. So people are thinking that I am aloof or I am being an introvert, but I'm actually trying to process the a lot that has come at that point. I'm like, you know what? What if we painted that wall blue and then when uh, you know planes fly over they can you know those are the kind yeah, of things yeah. that just <laughs> so growing up was so weird i was such a weird kid i'm happy that i went to the kind of school primary school really helped because i went to the kind of school that nurtured art so i knew off the bat communication was going to be my thing we were pushed to speak very polished english we were pushed to um you know read it was mandatory to have a novel not a story book mm-hmm. it had to be a novel which so. school is this i'm looking at maria <laughs> because there is a story there <laughs> i went to kianda school mm. yeah ah, makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah so you see she she gets me so we we always had to have a story book i mean a novel um in the bus uh while you're waiting for your parents you couldn't just you know zuba you always had to read so i i mastered the english language very early and then we'd have articulation classes oh, oh yes we did that explains it <laughs> we were told <laughs> it is not bottle it is bottle <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, that Martin. Yeah. I'm just going 11 to 11. More than 12. No, 13. 35. Yeah. So we actually had articulation classes. So from primary school, I knew it was going to be communication. In high school, I didn't know I was an artist. In high school, I thought I was weird. Cuz no one could get me and I didn't I didn't have my tribe. I didn't feel like anybody resonated with my spirit. So high school days were really very up and down. I got really good friends but I was very weird. Now, when I finished high school there was an audition for Heartstrings mm-hmm. at Alliance Française, Française, Française. I forgot my French. What is it? Française. Yes. Guess who was there? Now Churchill Ndambuki. Skinny old guy. you know with Victor Bear and Sami Mwangi and a couple of people and I was auditioned I was 19 by then I didn't get the gig but they said we feel that you might not be a very good actress but we feel you have a skill set in maybe you should try stage managing I just finished high school I was bored during my year or our era you have to wait two years Mm-hmm. for joint admission board job to call you into university so I was like I'm just chilling why not so through joining heartstrings and being a stage manager that is when i discovered oh there are other people like me <laughs> you <laughs> tried you tribe. found your tribe yeah. i found my tribe people were even more weird i was like <laughs> guy are you for real so that's that's when i knew i was an artist okay okay was this also the first time um is this your earliest memory to a time where you sort of expressed yourself and felt ah now this is cathartic or yeah. had that even come no that, that had come before that had come before i used to write poetry i didn't know it was poetry i just thought it was journaling again i thank god for um going to school in kanda we were advised to journal a lot so a journal but i noticed that the way a journal would be different please note i had never gone for an open mic i'd never seen or heard of performance poetry i just I just used to write different and I noticed that it would rhyme or I would describe things different. How do I know this? My sister once read my journal, Shimona, and she was like, "Why are you writing it like that? Why can't you just write it like that?" And I'm like, "First of all, why are you invading my privacy?" <laughs> so, my artistic expression started in primary school and high school um in terms of how I used to journal and poetry and I always found that if I wrote something down, I'd feel a lot better. Now when I, you know, finished high school, got into theater and then eventually in the theater world we got into Kwani Open Mic, that's when I discovered, "Oh my gosh, you mean I can actually perform what I've written?" And it was such a buzz back in the day. We had the greats of Binyavanga Wainaina, Bantu Mwaura, people who legends, you know, and they'd come up on stage and I'd look at them and I'm like, "Wow, clearly what I've written is rubbish." <laughs> <laughs> Just the way they put the words together and the way the words would dance in your ears and the thoughts that provoke, you're like, "Damn." So Kwani Open Mic started at um I hope you don't mind me talking a bit about yeah, Kwani Open Mic. Yeah, please do. So please go in that direction. It started at Cafe Creme, Cafe Creme does not exist anymore. It's a very tiny restaurant at uh, Yaya Center, the old Yaya. And Sami Mwangi took me and we who was there? There was Mumbi Kaigwa, there was Sibio Kumu. Um there was Binyavanga Wainaina and a couple of greats that were performing and my mind was blown I was like Sami you need to bring me again Sami was like I am not your babysitter 
Find out where they perform. Sorry to interject. Was this during your period at Heartstrings? Yes. Before, before uni? Yes, this was okay. during my so period still at Heartstrings. So you still maybe 19, 20? I was around 20, yes. Yeah. 20, before uni, yes. Mm-hmm. So they graduated to Kengeles in Yaya. Again, there's no more Kengeles. And that's when I met the amazing June Wainaina, who's Binya's sister. I met Bantumor. I met Smita. I met so many greats. Right now, I guess uh, my memory fades me, but, you know, evades me. But there were so many amazing poets. And then we had international, Imani Womera. We had international artists coming through. And I was like, I need to be part of this community. I don't care. I need to be a spoken word artist. So, of course, I got up. Fun fact, I am shy. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> you can't? <laughs> I covered it up very That well. That is the last thought. Are you serious? Yeah. I am such an extroverted introvert. So I was shy and I had good stuff, but I didn't perform it very well. So I looked, there was Slam Africa and I got into that and I learned how to perform my poetry and that's how I graduated. In poetry, I guess they say the rest is history. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, how long do you do you do this before you now go out and do campus in Eldoret? Oh yes, in Eldoret, more university. Yeah. Ha, the bane of my existence. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did open mic and I stage managed for two years. And then now when I was 21, I got called to do theater and creative arts. My brother was like, you'll never get a job with that. So immediately he enrolled me into KU to be to do computer science. Thank God. Thank God that that year there was a strike. <laughs> 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 and I get into my university. It's weird. It's different. I've never been to boarding school. It's far. It's cold. You know, uh, the people are, you know, they beat to a different drum and I was called snobbish already on the first week. I was called the American word spread around campus that there's an American who has come. And I didn't know by then my accent was different. I was like, this is just how I talk. Then by then my Kiswahili was horrible. <laughs> and that was the register. By then it was either Kiswahili or Sheng. And then because I'm Ogana, there's Rachuanyo uh, Students Association. So guys, I call him Omera. And I'm like, gosh, you should know how my Lua is worse than my Kiswahili. So it was the first year of Moi was horrible for me. And it was like, it was mainly just culture shock. You okay. know, I had not gotten used to the environment. I was a bit of a spoiled brat at that time. You know, I was the only girl in our family at that moment who had gone to a Kenyan university. My sister was in the States. So it was a bit of a big deal. I had a couple of relatives throwing money my way and, you know, it was irresponsible. So I had a bit of an edge. Yes, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bitch. I won't lie. So every weekend... Every weekend, I'd spend 800 shillings. By then, wait, that was, uh, a Kamba executive. Yeah. It was, uh, so, um, Eldred Express to Jew was 180. A Kamba executive was 400. Who is Cindy? See, I have money. Yeah. I go a Kamba executive to Nairobi. I go hang out with my heartstrings peeps. Then Sunday, I go a Kamba executive crying all the way to my university. So I did that for a year. Then there was a strike. Then reality hit that uh, this is life. And your sponsors are not very happy with the current situation in terms of the strike. And they were not very happy that I refused to transfer to KU to do computer, computer studies. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the well ran dry. And I became the broke girl who was walking <laughs> from Nairobi to Kangemi, from Tao to Kangemi, Tao to Embakasi, because I 
Cossard everything, Cossard fair, Cossard whatever. It was a very interesting time, yes. So I had a bit of a reality check, ups and downs. Um, let's just say, because we were home for, what, nine months? When I went back, I was a very different Cindy. I was humbled. Another <laughs> 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 uh-huh. Nigeria says, I'm humbled. I was very humbled. Yeah. I ate the food, I did my work. Mm-hmm. I kept my nose clean. And then I discovered I also have a tribe. You know, I just looked at them different. I had this very egotistical Veal, film yeah. over my eyes. And I had, it was a, you know, I felt that I was better than them because you of the accent. knowledge I had at that point. You, you know? have to change your accent. Let's just say I toned it down a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I toned it down. Sad speak. True story. That's mm. where I learned or rather practiced more of my jungle. Mm. Because I discovered if I talk to the Rachuanyo Students Association members in a language that they understood, yeah. you know, they were really cool people. They were fun. Jangos are fun. Yeah, yeah, imagine Jangos who are drinking government money. It <laughs> 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 was good times. Good times. Yeah. Did, uh, did you become a member of the Rachuanyo oh, Students yes. Association? Yes, I became yeah, a member. <laughs> with my broken jungle, you know. I w- never used to drink before, but I started drinking at reds. That time I'm seeing I'm a drunk. Yeah. But it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. And then I met, you know, there was a, a funky sort of Christian group at that time. They were called the concert group. I found my tribe. Among my classmates, we were six. Please note, you know, in campus, classes have 200, 300 people. We were six. You know, Zonon from Nairobi. But I saw them different. So I, it really changed me. Second, third, fourth year, I think, really built on my character and my people skills. And I'm really thankful to God that I did not transfer. More university has left an indemnable, an, an indemnable, forget the vocabulary. <laughs> it has left a permanent mark Clearly in my dead. heart. Clearly did. Yes. Um, that's a couple of years in campus, yeah? Mm. If you're to take two lessons that to date you still cling on to and remember, yeah, I learned this back then. Yes. What two lessons would uh, that be? Um, humble yourself, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and go with the flow. I think sometimes we get in our own ways because of stupidity. So we hinder ourselves from blessings, from experiences, because we are so set in our ways and we believe in order for me to get the most out of this, it has to be this way. Yeah. You know, the toilets have to be clean. Guy, if you've gone to public campuses, you know what I mean. The food has to be cooked this way. The people have to. And that really hinders you because who says that the way you see the world is perfect? The way you see the world, it could be flawed. Maybe you were raised in a flawed manner and you think that that is the norm, you know. So uh, go with the flow and don't, don't, don't get in your own way. Uh, these two things that come along the way, I like calling them funk if you've listened to Kasi Tanka. Uh, funk will always come, yeah. but funk will end. That's the thing. At that point, when I was going through my funky moments, um, not only through school, emotions, relationships, knowing yourself, breaking the mold of my authentic self, there's always funk. There's always funk, especially if you torture your mind with negative thoughts. There's always funk. But what I would, the, the biggest lesson, I guess, 
apart from the other two, let me say my third one is funk would end. Oh, funk, funk does end. Yeah. Fantastic. Ah, yeah. So we're done with Kampo. Yes. You get back to Nairobi. <laughs> Are we going straight to Hatstrings? Ama what happens yeah. next? No, we're not going straight back to Hatstrings uh-huh. because by then I had they had outgrown me because okay. I was see now I'm in campus. I'm no longer coming every weekend. So I'm spending my time doing me. By the time I come back, they have already moved on and I feel I have the necessary schools and uh, skills and tools to do something different. So by then there was a company called Sterling Quality Productions by their years and they were the only ones at that moment doing musical theater. And I shot my shot. I actually went to the house and I talked to Paul and I said, look, I've, I've just finished a course. We did musical theater in school. I'd love a chance to practice. It's not internship. I want to work. Would you give me an opportunity? And they said yes. And I'm like, wow, okay. No, nothing like trial run, like assistant director. I was artistic director. So it was Aida. It's a very famous Broadway musical featuring Deborah, uh, Deborah Cox. Um, but uh, we were featuring Charles Ouda, Mkamze, and a couple of industry heavyweights. Fun fact, um, that's where we met uh, the famous Johns- Johnson Mwakazi. Mm-hmm. I interviewed him. I auditioned him. Um, and I knew Mwakazi from Kwani Open Mike used to come and perform. And when we were auditioning, we were looking for somebody who had his kind of voice and his kind of poise. And by then, Mwakazi is a very humble guy from Kibera. And I said, you know, there's this guy at Open Mike who sings, plays the guitar, looks the part, and speaks very well. So I went and I fished him out and we interviewed him. And I remember the musical director at that time was called Dancer. And he was like, no! This guy sings off tune. Blah, blah, blah. I said he can always learn. So Mwakazi got the role. Um, he was so good at it that the next um, musical they did, he starred in it. And then Sterling Quality went ahead to have a series called The Gentleman Series. And Mwakazi was the narrator. And as he was narrating, someone in the crowd, I don't know if it was Wambogo, from Citizen saw him and said, this guy would make a fantastic anchor. And that's how Mwakazi got into Citizen. Oh, wow. You know, and now, you know, his media career has taken off. So here am I, artistic director, sterling quality. You know, I'm young, I'm cocky still. I mean, humbling doesn't take two years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. Uh, it's a process. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was not as snobbish, but I was still cocky as hell. Mm. My blood was hot. I'm like... I have gotten this gig. Your first job is a director. Artistic Artistic director. director. Artistic director. That means I am in charge of the music and the music director. I'm in charge of the dancer and the choreographer. I'm in charge of the lights and the lighting guy. Sound, costume, everything is under me. If I say I don't like that costume, it goes, oh, I had the power. <laughs> and I'm jungle still. Remember, I've been hanging out with people. Yes. So I have gotten Nyadi and I have practiced it. And I'm like, I Fantastic. must have my practicals for Nyadi on these mere mortals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got into it to the very cocky head. And I did not realize that I was rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. Ah. I really was. There are, um, for those who are akin to the different schools of drama, there is a school of thought that the director is God. Yeah? So what the director says is key. 
there is a philosopher who came up with a theory. I've forgotten his name. It's been 12 years since I, I read about him. And then there's the other one where, you know, we volley and we... So me, I was like, director is key. And then it didn't help that during my tenure at Heartstrings, the director at that time, Victor Bear, was a dictator. Victor Bear, this is what we're going to do. This is what... So all I knew was follow the rules and I am the king and I am God. So please... Can you just align yourself? So I rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It was a beautiful, amazing, fantastic production. Um, some of the feedback I've gotten is that it's one of the best musicals that Sterling Quality did. I poured my heart and soul into it. I mean, um, Aida is based on ancient Egypt and an Egyptian falling in love with a Hebrew slave. And I went in, I did research. I even found out like, you know, Egyptian culture and Hebrew names and how they lived. I got into it. I'd eat, live, breathe Ida. I listened to the music. I knew all the songs word for word. Like I was on my game, but I think I was a bit too, I was too raw. And I was also a bit naive in terms of dealing with professional people, because not to say that Heartstrings wasn't professional, but by and large, we were friends, mm -hmm. right? But these are people from an entirely different background. And I rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So this is something that, yeah, I'll never forget, forgive their ears for, I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I got a call to do video and television production at Mediva. So Mediva was a charity that was um, formed to train young African men and women, which I was at that time, I was 24, 24, 25, train us on TV production with the aim of making us elite young African TV producers. So it was a scholarship program. Everything is paid. It had a stipend. Oh, Lord. I was called, but I, I got the school started two weeks before production. In my head, I'm all Ida. I'm all in. I'm all in. But this is such a fantastic opportunity, man. So I go and tell Peter and Paul. And I'm like, yo, you guys, um, I've gotten this opportunity. And Mediva thought I was so brilliant, not only because of who I am, <laughs> but also my background at Moy. And they're like, you know what? You are the only student we'll allow to come half day. Because it's a full day course. So I'd, I was allowed to do 8 to 12 because rehearsals were 2 to, I think, 5. Yes. And I go to the Peter and Paul. I'm like, you guys have been given this opportunity and I really want to do it. Um, but I'm so passionate about what I'm doing right now, you know, with the artistic direction and I'm torn. Do I have a place here at Starling Q? They're like, yes, you do, girl. Yes, absolutely. So I said, should I let it go? And they said, yes, let it go. And I let go of Mediva. So two weeks later, we have the most amazing, fantastic, mind-blowing show. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm prepped for the other musical called Sunbird. This was written and directed. It was written by Danson Kiundi, who was the music director, a very brilliant young man. And I was going to be the artistic director on that. And it was Kenyan. So let me tell you a bit about the sun. It's such a brilliant concept. Oh, my God. I'm remembering the heebie-jeebies. So it was about um, we were moving from continent to continent. And we were looking for the sunbird, right? It was stolen. Like a mythical sort of thing. So in every country we go, you can imagine the music. 
and the costumes that were going to be there as the Burundians are doing that dance thing with the, with the, with their with their drums and then we come to Kenya and then we have the Maasai's all the way down all the way to Egypt looking for the sunbird so i had already started research i'd even gone to bomas i was going to embassies to plug in so i can so i get called to the office and they say you know what Cindy we've gotten really bad feedback that you're not a very good director people said that you are bullish and um you know i don't think we can work with you I'm like eh <laughs> excuse me i uh, i've just let go of an opportunity of a lifetime what do you mean you can't work why didn't you tell me then so they're like oh you know we're really sorry um but we will give you complimentary tickets for sunbird <laughs> <laughs> i was like what the fuck yes. i was so heartbroken i have never cried like that in my i cried i cried i cried i cried of course i went crawling back to me diva they're like no 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 and no and close the door behind you okay bye thank you i was home for now moving from the high of i'm employed to i'm not employed i'm at home with my mother that i've not been at home with my mother for a while because i'm always up and about artistic director poet always has gigs i am at home broke because i was not paid for ida i'm broke it is christmas time people give me the look of cindy's but aren't you working where is the chicken where is the beer <laughs> Your title was director. Artistic director. Yeah. Artistic director. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've let go of me diva. Sterling quality has dropped me like a hot potato. I have no prospects at all. I was so depressed. I was so depressed. And then I got into a deep funk, if you understand what I mean. Like the deepest depression ever. I'd lock myself in my room. And then artists get inspired by depression but this is the thing my muse disappeared i did not want to go to open mic i did not want to write poetry i didn't want to listen to music i was sad all the time every day for about two months you know in my room there were no security mobile phones nothing there's no smartphone it's me and my thoughts and i got into a very very dark dark place so it's actually my mom who was reading the newspaper and she said you know i see tbn family media looking for a radio presenter why don't you record and they wanted a demo now me where am i getting a demo from we didn't even have a dvd player or an mp3 player and they wanted it in a disc so i recorded on a <laughs> my mom's cassette and i gave some guy to he said ah, i can put for you on a dvd he did a horrible job and i went and i dropped it at family i borrowed fair from my brother fred thank you fred give me fair and i went to tbn family media on now francis atwali road <laughs> <laughs> for my yeah. dick dick road i know yeah. that road very well let's, i know that road very well <laughs> let's see how long that <laughs> that yeah the name of the road stays yeah but anyway we proceed <laughs> francis atwali road so i went i dropped my yeah. cd uh, sorry to interrupt uh, if we were to put a time stamp on this moment mm. around what time is this uh yeah this wise. is this is um because i graduated so sterling quality happened and then it didn't happen and then i graduated in september of 2006 so i was it's actually more than two of us september october november december i was home for three months so this is january 2007 okay 
Okay. This is January 2007 and I'm You on, found yourself on Francis Atuli Road. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dropping my CD that's been scribbled on with a Can you not legitimize face. that? <laughs> 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 dick dick wrote to me die. Dick dicks have rights too. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I dropped my CD to the Wachi and they call me two weeks later for an interview. I meet Leo Slingerland. He doesn't even give me five minutes. He says, you've got the job. I was given the drive show. I did it with Frank Njiri. And then I was given a show called Press Circle, which was very interesting because as I was doing Press Circle, immediately Press Circle ended, I'd go to the Dunda. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one that people are giving, you know, their prayers to, to intercede. But you know what? I believe... Um, uh, jokes aside, I had to have that job at that time because of the kind of funk I was in. And the thing with being in a Christian radio station, it's Christian music all the time. So there's a bit of positivity that comes with that. And that funk, that atmosphere really helped me lift my funk. It really, really did. Because you're constantly surrounded by good words and positive stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. My funk slowly ended, but me still being me, you know, I'd still go out, dunda, whatever. But now I'd realize, oh, gosh, I want to go for open mic. I'm writing again. I'm I'm being me again. So Family Media was a short stint. It didn't end very well. Um, I was fired. I was fired because I was rude. I was rude because I felt I was mistreated. Um... That's another story for another day because I don't want to be sued for defamation. But I went through a lot of things that I don't think people should go through when they work for a Christian organization. So um, I was fired and I was I was home for two two weeks. But through the networks that I met at Family Media, I got um, I got a hookup up the road here at um, what is it called? Ginene Ginelungonade. Is that all the An new advertisement? An advertising agency as a copywriter. And again, I found my tribe, people who are just like me and expressing themselves, but in a more professional manner. It was very professional because, you know, the way people dress and blah, blah, blah. And that's the first time I ever used a Mac machine. I'm like, damn, I have arrived. I have arrived. Again, the stint didn't last long. Why? Because I saw on the newspaper that KTN are auditioning for a brand new reality TV show called The Presenter. The Presenter. They are looking for The Presenter. So I was still in my three-month probation. I told the CEO, deuces, and I went to The (laughs) Presenter. The longest line ever. This is uh, Ngong Road Sound Studios. Cue snaking all the way through. I got there at nine. I was auditioned very hurriedly at 4 p.m. It was Janet Mbogwa was auditioning Wawerunjoroge. There was Mike Ndete, who was the head of KTN at that time, and I forget who the fourth person was. So, of course, they started slow, but now that the line was too long, we were hurried up. So, in front of me was Linda Nyangweso, who's now formerly KISS 100. Um, then was then was me. Then behind me was Jenny Mugai, a skinny filmmaker, if you know her. Yeah. Yep. So, Jenny was behind me. So we were all auditioned at the same time. And I remember I wasn't ready and I fucked up and I said something stupid. Ndete said no. Waweru said no. But Njanet, Njanet, Njanet. 
take a mandate, please. <laughs> Can you That's sanitize your mic? That because is the effect. There's just no way. <laughs> After this history I've given you, I can send Janet. There's just no way. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so Janet Mbogwa, and I forever love her for this, said, no, there's something in this girl. Give her a chance. And we were shortlisted. Myself, Jenny, Linda Nyangweso, Edith Kimani, uh, Sarah Hassan, Koko Sobomoto, Njambi Koikai, um, you know, Kome. We were so many pe- young, energetic people. And again, I found my tribe. It was just an amazing experience. Um, it taught me a lot about TV production. I didn't make it. I, um, I, I was top five. So, you know, five from the bottom. Yes. <laughs> One of the reasons was that I, I had a bad day. I'll not forget. I interviewed, our challenge was to interview the CEO of um, no, uh, Hilton Hotel. Prior to that, we were meant to go to Encarasha to shop for the interview. So Encarasha was the clothing shop for Tuskies at that time. So we are at Encarasha. We're given a budget of 15,000 women to shop. Nothing could fit me. I am a very proud River Lake Nylot. My hips are to die for. They do not lie. My waist is small. I could not find anything that could fit me. So I wore something very baggy and I rolled it. And I wore an even baggier jacket and it put me in a funk. I felt like I was not good enough. I felt like I looked stupid. And the problem is it showed in my interview and I lost. That's the feedback I got later on from Janet. Here's my girl. Hey. So I lost. Um, went home again, broke, unemployed. Remember, I'm just moving from job after job. This is now towards the end of 2007. Seven. Guess who watched the presenter when it was aired? Um, Alfra Ba of Homeboys. And he was like, I like how bossy that chick is. If you've worked with Alf, you'll appreciate why he likes bossy chicks. I like how bossy that chick is. They went to KTN, got my number, called me. And I was called to Homeboys. And that's when I joined Homeboys TV as their TV producer. Then I ended up graduating to be head of television. That's from about November 2007 until mid, until 2011. I was with homeboys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What a story. That's quite a story. <laughs> and we are not even close to like the present. Yeah. Let's um highlight a thing or two, yeah. Mm. So um not to not to um shed that much light on that moment when you're working in the Christian station. Yes. But um did it make you any better a Christian? No. No, it made okay. me hate Christianity. It, I was like, "This is bullshit." If this is how Christians work, I don't want this. Yeah, this is not God. This is not of God. In terms of my experience there, I was like, "This is this." Let me just do it for the salary, and then eventually, because unfortunately, I don't know how to be fake. It was showing in my work. It was showing in how. I would present on air and how, you know, I would respond to my bosses and they were right to fire me because I was rude. I will not say that, you know, I was not a victim. I, you know, I reacted in a very unprofessional way. Remember, I was very young, very stupid, very hot-headed, still sort of getting in and out of funks. So, you know, I threw my middle finger in the air and by then we had a head of radio who was, you know, a bit, uh, he, he couldn't take crap, which is great. And I was fired. In fact, it is the, the tea girl who gave me my pink slip. 
I was on my way to studio and she stopped me and said, I've been told to give you this letter. So I opened the letter and it was a summary dismissal. I was like, oh, wow. You know, and I I was like, fuck it. I went to the CEO's boss and I shook his hand. I said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I left. <laughs> and I got stupid drunk. There was a very nice club back in the day. Cameo Cinema, then it became Veranda Nights, Nairobi Water. But no, it didn't make me feel more of a Christian. Yeah. What it did, it really helped alleviate my funk. It really did. The okay. music they play to this date yeah. is just so inspiring. Okay. Yeah. But I, yeah. And the, the second part of our question would be um, to date, that is assuming you're, you're still Christian. Yes. Um, to date, are there... Are there things about how you you relate with God yes. that uh, you pull uh, notes from that time uh, in your life? Not at that time, to yeah. be honest. No. Yeah. My relationship with God and the very bumpy ride it has been, um, it's, it's, it's not, it was not, there's nothing that I took from that experience that bits my relationship okay. with God. It's the many experiences and it's mainly the downtimes and how I came up. Because, you, like I said, when I walked in here, connecting the dots, just looking, I'm like, oh, I know you. Oh, yes, I met you, Martin. And oh, yes, Kamande. And oh, yes, Abu Sans. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every dot is, I've, I've come to appreciate the alignment um, that God does when he is like a puppet master and he, you know, moves this chess piece. And we don't see it because he already excuse me, moved it five years ahead of time. But in order for you to appreciate the five years ahead of time, you had to be broken now, you know? So it is in the down moments and how I got my up moments that for me, it's absolutely supernatural. I am open-minded and artistic enough to have experimented with very many religions. I have converted to Islam at some point, Buddhism, mm -hmm. um, spiritualism, you know, where I'm in love with nature and that kind of thing. And for me, this is me, and I, re I respect everybody's opinion. For me, the religion that resonated with me was Christianity because it was the one where I felt the difference. I felt a spirit. Um, as opposed to all the other religions. That is me. But how, however, my Christianity is not religious. I am not a religious person. I am a spiritual person because I, this, these are, you know, my journey is very intertwined. Um, during my primary days and high school days and early campus days, I was a staunch, I was what you call a safety. But my relationship with God was what people told me my relationship with God should be. You have to read your Bible. No one told me why. So I'd read my Bible like a storybook and I'd read it like I'm cramming exams. I read a line 600 times and I, if you ask me what it is, I've forgotten. Um, I, was, I went to a church where at that point I was told you have to speak in tongues and I couldn't speak in tongues. So I borrowed. I'd listen to people and like, oh, so I'd say... <laughs> No, no, no. It is brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I borrowed tongues yeah, yeah. because I was a worship leader and we were told you have to oh, speak man. in tongues. And I didn't speak in tongues. <laughs> 
Oh god, yeah. And and and, and no one ever. Um, <laughs> no one caught on. They are caught on. No one yeah. caught on. Yeah. So I was like, it's yeah. all a show. It's all a show. You know. <laughs> I did things because people told me to do things. And now, moving it back to what you're saying, Martin. When I was in a funk, what I learned didn't help me. Mm. Because here am I in a funk, the depression yeah. that I got with Sterling Q and everything. And I'm, you know, going through the Bible verses and everything and the songs. And they're not resonating because I didn't have that relationship. It was religious. It was Bible beating. Yeah. It was being a zealot, for lack of a better word. I didn't have that relationship with God. I didn't talk to him like he's my friend, like, you know, he's my father. There was, there was no relationship, you know. So, yeah, even getting into family media helped me lift the funk a bit. But I was wondering, why am I always depressed? Why am I crying all the time? Why do I hate people? Why do I hate myself? Why do I have such a low self-image? What is it about me? If I'm a child of God, why am I not feeling like if I jump off the roof, angels will catch me? I was so doubtful. And then the worst thing is now... After the presenter and getting into homeboys and also getting into different funks because I was in in and out of relationship at that point. I was pregnant. A relationship did not work and I was launched into being a single mom. Now I became bitter. I was like to hell with God. Is this God? This is not religion for me. Fuck this. You know, I will do me because God has not helped me in this whole time. If he did. I would be in Mediva. I would be, you know, very yeah. silly baby-like thinking. So it is through realization, maturity, really, that I was like, oh, so I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> and, 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 and because you've gone through uh, down this thread, um, how did you rekindle your relationship with God? At what point? Oh, wow. Um, when I was in my room, this is years after, before I met my husband, when I was a single mom with my son in our, you know, small house. And I told, I was like, whoever is up there, I just had a real conversation. And I was like, I want the pain to stop. I really want the pain to stop. I, I can't take it anymore. I'm tired of, by then I'd gotten into so much depression. I was taking uh, sleeping pills and mixing them with sangria so I could sleep. I was getting to very horrible habits of self-doubt and just giving my time and my value to men who are not worth jack shit, you know, just to have some feeling of self-worth. And I got tired. I was just so tired, you know, I was tired of it all. And, you know, having the suicidal thoughts, I went through the benders, man. And even my son is looking at me and he's jumping up and down and I'm not feeling anything. I didn't feel anything. I'd wake up and I'm a zombie. It's cold. The wind is slapping on my face and I don't feel it. I'm just gray. Food doesn't taste nice. You know, I don't want company. I don't, I'm making money, but money is not making me happy. You know, by then I'm meeting celebrities and I'm being invited to mama awards and that kind of nonsense things that people put value on. But I don't care. I just, so I just sat in my room and I was, had, I think I'd, I'd been sobbing for like two hours and then I just stopped and it was very quiet and I started talking and I was like, I'm tired. It hurts and I want it to stop. So 
the we chest talked. pain. Yes, the pain in the chest was too heavy. I'd walk around like I'm carrying two bags of cement on my chest. And then, you know, it affects even how you relate to people. I was bowed all the time, even how I used to dress. I was just so sad. I was moving through the emotions. I was a robot. So I got tired and I, I told God I'm tired. And it wasn't long. Till now we talked the whole night. I just stopped crying. And I told God I'm tired. You do what you want to do now. If tomorrow I'm ran over by a bus, that's fine. I want the pain to stop. If I know my somebody will take care of my son. I have four sisters and three brothers. And my parents are still alive, thank God. It's like, ah, someone will take care of them. And I don't know, guys. I don't know. The next day, something changed. I don't know what it is. Something changed. I was just different. I just had a peace that I could not explain. Like, I woke up and I was hungry. I hadn't eaten. I was so skinny. If you follow some of my stories, I keep giving a bit of snippets of my past. I've always been a big girl, but I was a size six. I was like 64 kilos. That's not my size. That's not my weight. I was tiny, but I was hungry. I woke up, I was hungry. I woke up, I wanted to sing, I wanted to dance. Not immediately. I mean, these things, it was like a progression of okayness, if that makes sense. I love it. Yeah? And the weight on the chest became lighter and lighter. And I suddenly did not want to drink as much sangria anymore. And I, you know, threw away my pills. Did I throw them away? Seem to be honest. Okay, I popped them for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are expensive. Too child. I was like, please, just one last time. But slowly by slowly, I would sleep on my own. Slowly by slowly, I started playing with my son. Slowly by slowly, things started making sense. Like I'd noticed things. I'm like, oh, wow, you look like this because I'd work with you, but I never look at you. You know what I mean? We'd sit side by side, but I never look at you. You're just a presence because I'm in my mind a lot. But now I'd notice, oh, wow, he's wearing a black jacket. Yes, you know, I'd remember things. Always be so forgetful. I've always been so forgetful, but then I'd remember stuff. And then it just progressively lifted. And then now I wanted to know. It was not what people told me. I went to church to find out for myself, and I asked questions. So that helped me identify the church that I wanted to go to. I did the church shopping. The church that I found resonated more with my experience at that time was Mavuno Mashariki, which is the one that is in Eastlands. But then it was in Donholm. Now it's in Buruburu. And the pastor there, what I loved is he was constantly talking about how he was flawed. And I was like, yeah, man, I feel you. Because in the previous church, we were always talking about how, you know, we need to be holy, we need to speak in tongues. And I was excommunicated, sort of, because by then I was a single mom. And they were like, oh, you've had sex before marriage, you're sinful. Blah, blah, blah. But there, I wasn't given labels. It was, you're okay the way you are. And me being a single mom, working by then, a secular radio station, I got my gig at Hot 96. They were like, yeah, and you know, today to present, because if you've gone to Mavuno, there's a bit of a presentation before preaching. They're like, so we're really happy to invite one of our presenters. She's a radio presenter at Hot 96. They're announcing it in church. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Do you listen to the kind of hardcore rap that we play? And it was cool. And I was accepted. I was accepted. And yeah. I think that's what I needed to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at Mavuno, you started the... Well, at least you, you really pushed for the singles night. 
Yeah. yeah. So was this? How do you uh, know that? <laughs> How do you know that? Oh my god. This was, is so weird. Yeah, you have become the new Russia. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> was this was this um, a selfish endeavor at first? Oh yes, yeah. I was single. I was willing to mingle. I just going out of a horrible relationship. I was like, God, give me a Christian man. So, I realized that a lot of women are single in church. And it baffled me because there were a lot of men who are single as well, but they were not making moves on the women. So I said, let me do a singles night and maybe Neza Ponyoka na Sponyo. Oh, God. Yeah, so I organized the single night. Um, it was weird in the sense that, weird in the Christian sense of a girl who wants the man to make the first move but she's not acting like she wants the man to make the first move. I've always been intuitive with some of these things. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, you know you like him. Stop playing hard to get. Stop making it so difficult. Stop pretending like you don't and you have it all together. You're at singles night. So yeah, that's why I, uh, I didn't ponyoka nasponyo at that time. I don't know if there is a testimony. If there is, I've not been told. But yeah, okay. I organized it. It was the first... I think Mavuna has gone ahead to do a couple. Yeah. But yeah, I was the one who introduced Singles Night to Mavuna Mashariki. That's what's up. How do you know this? I need to know. We do a lot of things about it. You're kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please don't tell (laughs) Carrie. Okay, so uh, around this time, is this when, definitely you've had um, experiences in the different places before. Right. But when it comes to event organizing, was this when the, the uh, bug beat you? No, the bug beat me at Homeboys. Okay. Oh mm. gosh, by then Homeboys was the, and they still are in some regard, the place to be when it came to events. They had this event called Sepetuka. It was the first yeah. to bring dancehall artists. I, I remember mean, Cecile and Chris Martin. Yes! Yeah. Wagwan, Wagwan, Wagwan. <laughs> Mid-day day, yeah, man. Yes! yes. So whatever um, he said. Yeah, whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean I was with <laughs> Chunga, Chunga. <laughs> You're very silly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I mean, I'm there, I'm 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 all up on uh, what's this Beanie Man's face? Yeah. You know, I'm recording him. We're hanging out, taking pictures, blah blah blah. So I learned a lot of event organizing there. Um, Homeboys had a show on NTV called the Reup, and I was in charge of the Reup. So the Reup had different segments: Monday to Friday. Uh, Monday was rap. Tuesday was uh, hip hop. Wednesday was rock. Thursday was events. Friday, I can't remember what Friday was. So of course, when you go to events, you have to organize the cameraman, the blah 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 blah. Um, and it just so happened that most of the events were homeboys events, you know, so you come in from the production point of view. And sometimes when you're in production, you're also involved in event organizing because we are all one big happy family, you know, um, when I started emceeing open mic, you get into event organizing then because you sit with the team and like, who are we going to get in terms of a speaker, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really where the bug for events came in. And then I met um, a guy called Odek who was a musician and they had this uh, band called, ja- uh, what? I was going to say just a band, Tamasha Beats. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I used to organize gigs for Tamasha Beats. Through Tamasha Beats, I 
organize my own charity called This Boy, This Man. Remember at that time, I'm a single girl, I'm raising a boy and I realize there's this big void when it comes to the boy child and how we raise them because I've I have sisters. I was living with my mom and my sister. So we're just women raising a boy. And I noticed, okay, there's something odd about that. And there was a gap. So I decided to fill it by organizing my own event called This Boy, This Man. So I'd get musicians and people have contacts I've gotten from homeboys um, in my circle. And we'd meet at Das Ethiopian restaurant in Westlands. And we'd charge people 500 shillings. And the guys would have like an entertainment sort of slam Africa sort of thing. And then we'd have an auction. So we'd look, at, we'd get vouchers for dinner, very fancy restaurants, and then we'd auction a date with. So, you know, by then, I know a couple of people in media. So we did Waihiga Omura. We did um, this famous guy. Gosh, Sam. He was an, a famous actor. Someone's brother. Forget his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't hear this. Um, but, you know, absence makes a hard grow fonder. Then those, you know, I uh, Michelle Morgan. And so what happens is people bid. So thirsty brothers like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want yeah. a date with Michelle Morgan. Mm-hmm. So the bid starts at 1,000. Someone's like 1,500, 2,000, blah, blah, blah. The person with the highest bid gets the date, but all the bids go into the kitty. And then we'd give the money to a cause and it had to be a cause for for men. So we took a street child through to school. Um, we paid a guy's rent. Something simple, like he's, he was just struggling. We paid his rent. There was a guy who needed, um, he had issues with his feet and he did an MRI on his feet. He didn't have the money. We paid. So that's how this boy, this man came to be. And that's how my, you know, my progression in event organizing just went because this boy this man was me 100 percent, and it was it would grow in succession it's like oh wow this is so cool you know i think i can do this and then cemented by the experience i got in homeboys if you've worked with homeboys you will appreciate the 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 science of event organizing because let me not lie to you those guys have it locked down and they are very professional and they're very detailed so i Thank God for that experience from, um, you know, when I started at Homeboys 2008, moving into 2011 when I went to Hot 96. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, right before we move uh, away from events and right. jump into your the progression of your career, yeah. are there particular notes you have uh, in regard emceeing? Because what we know as Kenyans, we know, which I really don't like, uh, the MC is the clown. Yeah, he's the comedian. There yeah. you go. Uh, so, do you have any pointers for guys out there doing and saying? Oh gosh, I remember I was um, housing finance had an end of year staff party, and somebody threw my name in the hat, and I was invited for a board meeting. And when I walked in, the board member said, "Make us laugh." I'm <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> and I said, "You guys, I am not a comedian." I am an MC, and that's how I did not get the gig. <laughs> um, I think they went with Churchill or MC Jesse, I can't remember. MC has been spoiled by the corporate world. I am not ashamed to say it has been spoiled by the corporate world because the decision makers are the ones who maybe watch Churchill live or watch whichever comedy show they like this person and they equate an event to a comedy show. So they want to, they want, they don't want to be entertained. They want people to make them laugh. So when agencies are hired by these corporates 
who most of the board members are very senior in age and a bit outdated. They have this one note tunnel vision mentality of what an event should be. And sadly, they have been making the decisions in the MC world for a very long time. And that is why it took a while for women to break into the MC world. For the longest time, MCs were always men except now Regina Ray, Caroline Toko, people who are brands, huge brands. But it's always, always, always men and now comedians. What I like is that I think they have since retired. Um, younger people are forming their own agencies and they're realizing that there's a different, more professional, more di different way of doing it where somebody can entertain you with wit exactly. and not jokes walking onto stage and you say, Unajo, ubaya wakamba. You're mm. like, come on, guys. Come on, come Here we on. go. There's a place and time with that. I'm in for a kamba joke. Yeah. Ha! H for house. <laughs> yeah. Please, mm. give me a cow joke any day. But a, there's a... A, 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 um. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> but there's a place and time. Yeah. And I think it is changing. But when I started, it was so difficult. It was more of somebody doing me a solid and later on, the corporate's going like, oh my God, she actually has something between her ears. Yeah. So my advice to anybody doing emceeing, be yourself and be unapologetic because you see what you sell is authenticity. When you're on the stage and you're speaking to people, people buy what you're selling. If it's fake, they will smell it and it'll be very difficult. Do not copy. I made the silly mistake when I got on stage, I was trying to be Caroline Toko. I really look up to that woman. I've done gigs where she has emceed. If you guys think I'm articulate, she's on another level. Because not only is she articulate, but she's also almost educated in every field. So she speaks about stuff with such authority. And then her plug and play, she'll pick this and connect it with this in such a fantastic way that I would just look at her and go like, wow, you know, my jaw dropping you know, drool dripping off the side of my face. She's amazing. And when I started getting corporate gigs, I tried to be Caroline Mutoko and people could smell the bullshit. How do I know this? I never got a call back. But the gigs that I got a call back, I was myself. This is me. When you hire me as an MC, I will one time or another crack a joke. It might land hard, it might land soft, you know? That's how I am. I try to make, my style of MCing is to try to make light out of uh, the situation but still being professional enough to carry the message. So if, for example, it's World Water Day, we will start with World Water Day and then I'll talk and maybe throw in a line that I hope because it's World Water Day doesn't mean you guys didn't shower. You know, and then we'll pick this and that and I'll connect it to this and maybe mention something in my childhood, whatever the case might be. But this is how I am seeing. I decided I'm not going to be the prim and proper with the weave, with the face full of makeup, with a very fitting outfit. I love my food and I've given back to three kids. My pot has to be hidden in an African outfit. So I'll wear my Ankara. I will not wear uh, exhibition clothes. I am flat footed, so my heels are not gonna be six inch, you know? I'm not going to, do, you know, there's this cartoon, it's so annoying. I don't know if you know this cartoon for MCs. And so we are very happy to be here to launch, you know, a, 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 a very able, just kills me god mm -hmm. it's like those pastors say yes 
such a turn off for me. This is a side by if I hear Lord God, I switch off. <laughs> I switch off, I go on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> In the middle of your service, yeah. I will switch off. So there's just this silly tone that people have when they MC uh, and using words like "let's be upstanding" and then again, yeah, really annoying. There's that's the style. But me, I will speak the way I speak, and I want it to be relatable. So when I talk to you, I'm not talking to the crowd; I talk to one person. So that's how I go on stage. I'm like, it's one person I'm talking to, and it's sort of like radio. You know, in radio, you're trained that you don't. I don't know why this thing came. Hi guys, even when we influence, it's not guys. You're talking to that one person because you're connecting with one person at a time. So who's guys? Mm. You know? Hi mm. guys. Hey, yeah, yeah, Kwanza were in family. The head of radio at that time used to hit that thing of good morning everyone. Oh, good morning <laughs> viewers. <laughs> Very old school. So that's what I do. I connect with you. It's Miriam, isn't it? Maria. Maria, 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 Mama Omungu. So, you know, if it's Maria, it's Maria. We're in a room with many people, but I talk like the room is only Maria. Yeah. And I've discovered nine out of ten times the gig is awesome when I do that. Yeah. Some wonderful lessons. I also like how you're able to pick from um, your different experiences um, in order to be good at what you do. Um, are there any other things that... Um, that you do to prepare, especially for them seeing gigs? Oh, yes. I pray. Um, my husband hates it, but I I get in my, I get very nervous. And then I get very doubtful. And I'm like, am I going to do this well? What if I fuck up? What if I say something wrong? What if I forget the CEO's name? So I write everything down. I have a little pad, a touch pad, but I hate it. Because you know how these touch pads are? Um, all of a sudden it's disappeared, then you can't find it, then the Word document has gone into where you try and open it, it says you've already opened it before. You're like, no! I go on stage with a pen and paper. And if they allow me a clipboard, and I do it all fashion style, and I'm like, I write this person's name, and then I have my own queer way of doing stuff, so I bold stuff, because if I skim over the paper, when you're in the, when you're in the zone, you don't see the small words, but I'll sure. always see you know, kimia kingi kinamshindom kubwa. I'll always see that, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so I, I I I prepare everything, I do my homework. MCs, you have to do your homework. If you are emceeing a drilling company, which I did, um, they they drill water, they're from India. You have to know what the company does, where they are based. What is their business? Who's the CEO's name? Don't go there and say, thank you so much for your wonderful organization. Who is the wonderful organization? <laughs> so you have That's to... Generic. Yes. Yeah. Know who you're talking to and then also be very professional. Ask for protocols. So they say, okay, you... You and you know most of the time the people who are organizing these events are staff members, especially if it's a company. Feel free to give advice based on your experience and say, you know, from my experience, I don't have the right to interview or to welcome the CEO on stage. I think it should be the COO or the CFO. So let me introduce it. Give up, you know, uh, give suggestions, kids ideas, and then add value. Find out what the staff culture is. 
if it's the a company if they have like um every friday they go drinking at a place called the nest make sure you know that and then you say so after this who's taking me to the nest guys go like oh my god you know about the nest yeah. you're one of us you know yes so be prepared yeah fantastic fantastic i am dark skinned i have my dreads and i make uh, my bi- um and i have my big mouth and then i'm also not very keen on the makeup and everything mm-hmm. That's in Ghana. Yes. At some point. At some point. Um, the the reason I'm asking that is because you spoke something about you know being a woman and how hard it's been uh, for you and at least until some other big brands paved the way for you. Yeah. Um, what are some of the challenges that come um in that space because of you know those things? You, yeah, because of the things I've mentioned. Yeah, yeah. being um, a woman, being dark skinned, especially being hair. dark skinned. Um, it's one. It was one of the impediments at that time when I was doing the presenter because at that time the decision makers were looking for a light skinned girl, and I'm not. Um, so it was an impediment, and um, trying to get into television. The few screen tests I did, I was told I have a face for radio, um, mainly because of the color of my skin. Um, and then, you know, I never uh, still struggle with, but, you know, do the whole makeup stuff. So guys were like, so would you be willing to shave your hair and put a wig? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. Um, it's really been a challenge. It really has. There are very many opportunities I've lost because of the color of my skin. And um, some have been told straight to my face. I will not mention which media house, but there was one where the screen test they said i'm sorry we're not looking for somebody who's dark skinned you do not our, our viewers are looking for someone beautiful that's what they said verbatim and i was like oh wow oh wow and it really broke me at that time but you know um i understood that it was their modus operandi at that time and you know that's what they were looking for so it's 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 really been a challenge even um there was a This is very interesting. It was a bridal show and you know the owner is very dark skinned but she said that I'm too dark. I'm like but girl I look just like you. <laughs> <laughs> but she wanted somebody who cuz she said um dreadlocks look untidy. They make you look like you're rebellious. Um and she's like and with the color of your skin I don't know how you look like if you put makeup on and I'm like I think I look pretty bomb. But you know, she went ahead and got a very light-skinned girl, put a lot of makeup on her face and a very big wig, so she ended up looking like a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> so there are opportunities I have missed. Yeah. And there are opportunities that I've been, you know, I've been told to my face, I'm sorry you can't get this because of the color of your skin and I'm yeah. happy then that I, I I had the necessary mental muscle to understand that this is just their opinion. It does not necessarily define you. On who I am and my purpose in this world. Yeah. yeah. Um how do you then remain um that grounded especially around your locks because you could easily yeah. cut them, right? I could. And oh my god, aren't they an asset now? Isn't it so good I didn't cut them because now there's a dreadlock culture. When I started my locks, we were like and yeah, there us and you know in town, we were uh, we were very few. Um and now I see everybody even on television. Wow. Oh, they're doing dreadlocks. How did I stay grounded? Uh positive affirmations, positive friends, positive environments. Like I said, as artists we are severely tortured souls in the sense that when we're happy we're extreme, when we're sad it's also to the other side. So I understood when I was getting out of my funk and the different episodes that I had, what helped me was the extreme 
search for happiness that I would do and the ex- the the results of that for example um words of affirmation something very simple um i learned telling yourself stuff in the morning because i'm i'm still struggling with being a morning person but you know when it was very bad i'd i'd i'd, I'd wake up in the morning put my foot down and before i get out of bed i force myself to say something nice about myself and these are things i learned from reading because i'm always looking to be a better person so i always seek um knowledge and you know positivity so i will look for it i'll look for the book i'll google it i'll look on youtube and then i made a an, a conscious decision as well to eliminate negativity and negative friends um at that era season in my life because there were people who were constantly bringing me down and telling me what i could not do So I was like, I me I just I something tells me that I should just let you go. So the how do I stay grounded? Constantly putting myself first. And it sounds very easy, but you guys it's not. You forget very fast who you are and what your purpose is when things go wrong. But the beauty of building the ark is when it rains you float. So I am in the constant business even today. I was watching something because I'm in a, I'm in a different season in my life where I am now building another ark to float to stay afloat with adulting <laughs> married with three kids dealing with people in groups in chamas it comes with its own challenges so now I'm building my own ark so build your ark and just know that whatever you put in will grow whatever you kill will die hmm. Fantastic. Wonderful. Right before we leave the affirmations, what would you tell yourself like uh, tell us a sentence or a word that oh, you a I mantra. Can, I close my eyes and I mind. say, you know, Cindy, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're great, you are in this world for a purpose. You can do this. Stop telling yourself you can't. It is okay. Calm down. It's fine. Breathe. Hachana nezofala. Relax. Ukosawa, ukosawa. You've got this. Do your best. It is fine. Let it go. It's fine. Breathe. Chill a moment. Ukopoa. So I constantly tell myself stuff like that. You know, I I I I I soften my vocabulary around myself and then I repeat the words, especially the fact that it is fine because things will come up and say oh my god but what and you're like no 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 ukosa ukopoa you're all right it is you there's no one else it is you you will be fine you will do great so that's before like for example if i'm i'm seeing or even if i'm getting into a meeting or even if i'm pitching something um like right now i'm going through something and in the morning when i wake up i feel very heavy so i stop <clears throat> it has to be in the toilet because <laughs> <laughs> of the kids yes <laughs> yes if i start talking we share a room with our youngest because he's still small if i start talking he'll wake up so i'm in the loo and i tell myself it will pass don't try to fix it it will pass breathe don't spoil it achana nayo your meddling leave it ukopoa so i make sure whatever i am saying I'm kind to myself because I discovered progression life experience 
one of the main reasons I was always in a funk was how I was talking to myself. If you've watched the movie Soul, one of the best animations I've watched, I was crying and my husband's like, it's just a movie. I'm like, no, I understood when that soul was in a dark place and it became something and it was talking negative shit. And I was like, I know that feeling when you tell yourself you're stupid, you're worthless, you'll never be anything. What have you done? You're so dumb. Why did you do that? I mean, like, what the... And then I pick very choice words. So I catch myself, even to this moment, when I get in there, I'm like, ooh, 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 calm down, like the African-Americans do. Clap my hands and I calm down. Bring yourself back. And then I flip that and I say something positive. And I don't let go. I don't get off that toilet until I feel Nikosao. So there are times when we are late for work or I'm late for something because I know if I'm if I get up with that thought, it will become something. It will mess my day and I will become unnecessarily aggressive with my children. I will become very hard on my husband and pick on him on every small thing or I'll be very quiet in the car and he's like, what's wrong? Nothing. Are you okay? You want to do Kasitanga? No! <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Be wary of the stories you tell yourself. For be sure. very wary. Yeah. Um, follow up to that. Have the funks reduced with these affirmations? Or the frequency, has it gone down or are you now better able to deal, um, identify them and better deal with them that's such a good question that is such a good question i can identify when a funk is coming and i'm like miss me with that bullshit i avoid i can identify when a situation will put me in a funk i avoid it i can identify when i'm beginning to think as if i want to go in a funk i arrest it very fast does that mean that I catch them all. There's always that little one. That will sleep. That will sleep. But what I like is I get over it very fast. When I have my downs, I have my downs. So it was on Sunday, this past Sunday. So I just started busting out crying. I have issues with, I have issues with my taxes. And it's because at some point I was employed by two people. And no one told me that when you're employed by two people, you can't pay pay twice. Because according to the government, if you file one, then you haven't filed the other. But these guys have filed pay, so the government thought I had cheated them. And I have this huge fine that I have to deal with. And I'd asked somebody to help me, and they spoke so badly to me. And I was like, shit. They're like, why don't you just pay the fine? And then I've already helped you as much as I could. And I'm like, what? And then COVID has come in, and my kids are going to school. And then we are fighting with our friends. You know, it was just, it was too much. So it was just this past Sunday. I burst out crying. And my husband like, what's wrong? And I'm like, imagine just go with the kids. Endo wanyoe. Go with the kids. I need a moment. I need a moment. So they left. And I sat down. And, you know, the, it's become a common term. But me, I used to call meetings with myself from, you know, established from 1982. <laughs> 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 I've been calling meetings with my call, a meeting with myself. And then now I prioritize, I rationalize, and I'm like, but can you change any of this stuff? If there's stuff I can change, then I tell myself, okay, why don't you do the stuff to change this? Yeah? Why don't you look for somebody else to help you with your taxes? Why don't you tell your friends that they are hurting you as opposed to being hurt and silent? You're not 
benefiting anybody by playing small if it hurts you open up and i'm very happy that i've gotten to a point even my friends know that there's some things i don't take i'd take a lot of shit because there was a point when i thought i deserved it but now i'm at a place where i know this is not me i have worked way too hard for you to come and open your mouth and dare put me in a box that i have struggled to get out of so i do the checks and balances so on and so forth and <laughs> we have 10 minutes to go uh, so no we, we don't no we don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah and when my husband came i was watching rupaul's drag race which is my favorite series right now and i was drinking my wine and the kids came and we had such a ball so yes the funk still happens but it happens for a shorter time and i'm able to arrest it because i built the arc yeah. and then you see this building is constant you don't stop because otherwise two holes will come so um we pray in the morning affirmations in the morning i try as much as possible to listen to very positive music not only gospel very positive music so my husband is into heavy metal metallica i'm like no and he's like why i'm like because it makes me feel sad you know i look for things in pockets of joy in my day so small small things if it's above chocolate if it is you know instagram and then there's something that i've started if you follow my stories i always encourage people and send something positive because i'm like let me be a light to somebody because i have benefited from looking at people's pages and stories and getting light and joy from what they've shared so i don't want, i want people to come to my stories and live happier so i share a lot of jokes in my stories mushene let me tell you <laughs> research has shown that a little bit of gossip every day actually is good for your health and that is why us women will outlive you guys no totally the mm. the, the the only reason language has evolved is because of Moshene. Moshene is yeah. the Mose, way to everything. go. So when they see I'm like you guys, <laughs> I don't know if I'm seeing my own thing. <laughs> and then I chapa Moshene the way I chapa with my sisters like here near Rekegwere. Have you seen? And then the kind of responses I get in that bitter butter. So Yeah. Is this is this how you ended up on the trend? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very opinionated about a lot of things. I'm passionate about social causes. I've always been um even when I was on Hot 96 and you know Larry and I go way back from before when he was an intern at um KTN. We both did a writing course, Mastermind Publishing. I'll never forget that's the first time I met Larry. And we connected since then. First of all, this Larry is like the, the the one name guys you can say a name and we all know who it is yeah. can so, you imagine yeah this is larry mado larry right? mado there you go uh-huh. let me tell you how beautiful a soul larry is he's so underrated in terms of his brilliance when i was a single mom and i had issues with god he's the one who also sort of pushed me to mavuno i was going to mavuno but by then belevu so we'd be chatting and sometimes I'd share a bit of my funk with him and he'd say you know what Cindy if the issue is you don't want to come to Bellevue because you have a son and it's too far I'd pick you and he said that out of the goodness of his heart like for free like it's no bother and he would he was living in Saltia at that time I was living with my mom in Feather Estate and he was like anytime you need me I'll come pick you and I'm like wow 
and he'd listen to me at Hall 96 um, and he'd comment on my show. By then, uh, he was like the biggest thing on Twitter, even then, when he was being trolled by Media Madness. You know, he was, even then, he'd always invest in me. He'd take some time and if, if, if we bump into each other, it was always positive. So when I left Hot 96 and I joined Faraja and he got the trend from James Smart, they did the trend thing and then sadly uh, Njambi fell ill and I was the first person he called and he said, you know what, Cindy, I've always liked your thought processes and the trend because I had a whole segment, sorry, a thought process on Hot 96 because I had a whole segment on civil rights and topical issues and you know he's very passionate about civic education and a well-informed electorate and he loved it so much as like i need sober thoughts on the trend and he hooked me up larry extends his table if you see the people in his circle they're all better because of who he is and the gates that he has opened the producers we have right now on the trend are there because larry opened the doors these are not people who've studied production of come from media houses but he convinced his bosses to let them come in larry convinced his bosses to pay us before he left we had to be paid he brought in a team of people he believed in and then he lifts you up and he leaves you he doesn't ask for anything in return i feel so bad that when he came and there was a reunion at the junction i had a very bad cold and i was two days to my due date i missed it but i would have loved to reconnect he has such a pure and positive energy i do not think in in my 35 plus years i have never met a man like larry ever especially in the media world where people hide their connections larry extends his table look at bbc half of them are ntv look at ntv half of them are ktn he pulls people where he goes if he sees an opportunity he opens the door and he does it selflessly one of the things you know the funk that i get in my head i'm like why didn't i not get into bbc when larry was there but i was pregnant and then shortly after i got pregnant again and you see I am well grounded now in my knowledge to know that God is still the puppet master. There is a reason why I did not get into BBC, but there is a reason why Kasit Anka, I post something in a couple of minutes of 2,000 views. I'm like, who are these people? My nonsense. They like it. So I am very interested and excited about my journey in the arts, where I will go. Will I go back to radio? I don't know. Will I go back to mainstream television? I don't know. But I love where I am right now. I love that I'm married to an amazing, fantastic man. It's called James Rogoy. Married a single mom with a son. You know the stigma about that. People say, Miss, yes, you are. Mwanamuke akona. Mtoto wa mwanaume mingine na nikijana. Sizi yanza one kneel down. Yes, one kneel down. And then at ukijana, we'll become 18 and start claiming land. Stupid thoughts. Put that all aside. I'm married into a very loving family. My in-laws are just the best. I have three amazing kids. Our firstborn, and he allows me to say it's our firstborn, is just so kind and intelligent and compassionate to his younger brothers. He never asks, you know, like, you know, why? There's the whys that he asks, yes, but it's just general acceptance, you know? He builds my craft. He constantly put, that's why I'm able to talk about my exes. People are like, the stuff you show on Cassie Tanker, is any TMI? He's right there next to me. And I ask him, is this all right to go? He's like, yeah, see you share. That's your past. I'm your present and your future. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> yes. So you see, all the stuff that I went through, the funks, 
Um, the downtimes, the horrible relationships, the breakups, the being a single mom, the getting in and out of media. It has built me to do Kasit Anka at this season. I cannot tell you the number of people I am secretly canceling because they've watched something and they're going through stuff and I'm giving them the tools that helped me when they were going through that funk. That could not have happened if I did not go through my Touch funk. yourself. Yeah, amazing. And, and that leads me to my next question. Um, wonderful segue. Um, how did you, how did the decision to leave um, media and go into fundraising for um, for cancer come about? Yes, yes. Again, I th- honestly think it's God just orchestrating everything. I was moved from breakfast to drive and then I was moved from drive to mid-morning. Everyone knows mid-morning is where your radio career goes to die. <laughs> So remember I mentioned my tax issues before? Yeah. So I was doing drive at Hot 96 and I was doing Faraja in the morning. Both of them employed me. Um, and it was really great and it was working for me. But um, they got a new presenter at Hot 96 and I was shifted to mid-morning to give way to a new drive presenter. Mid-morning is about 10 to 2. That's the whole day gone. Uh, Faraja were not willing to take me on board for a bit in the morning, a bit in the afternoon, besides I'd, I'd burn out. So I just made the conscious decision. I was like, you know what? The few, because I was in Faraja by then for like a year, and I'd feel so passionate and so fulfilled with what I'd do because it would directly affect patients. I had a hand in making sure that they got money um, to support the treatment. And the fulfillment I got just overpowered the fulfillment that I'd get from tel- from radio at that point. So it was just an issue of finding my purpose. Again, the way I told uh, earlier on when I, I mentioned about my funk ending, in stillness, I just felt this was right. In the stillness of that moment, when I was moved to, when the announcement was made that I was moved to mid-morning, I knew my time had it's time come. to exit. It, and it was a very peaceful, it was not acrimonious. I'm still friends with everybody at Royal Media. They know that I'm still knocking and saying, a weekend show, hey, I like your girl. We are on very good terms. But when I left, I just knew that my time at Hot 96 is done. And it was how I knew that it was God's will was it was peaceful. I did not feel like I've fucked up or I've made a mistake. It was peaceful. The transition was smooth. And then when I walked, got into Faraja, it was just, you know, a milestone after milestone, increasing the levels of fundraising, meeting people like Manu Chandaria, Andrew Ndegwa, heavyweights in the manufacturing industry, calling me by my first name. I was like, yes, thank you. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And that's where you are right now. Yeah. Hey, keep going. Keep going. Clearly, over the years, the sunlight has been coming into your space more and more. Yeah. Clouds have been clearing. Yeah. Look at you now. Keep going. Keep going, Cindy. We love you out here. In fact, let me just say, you're my favorite like presenter on TV. My mom has watched your career over all those years. Seriously? Like from the presenter to date. Like anytime I pop in, she's now out of town. She's in Embu now. But anytime I pass by and she's like, hey, yeah, my, my lady is talking. Oh, yeah. So oh, I'm sure oh, she'll be bless, so happy to listen bless. to this. Yeah. Seriously. True story. Yeah, you're not just yeah. pulling my leg out. No, I'm not. I'm fragile. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I am. Um, Let's start wrapping up, Kiasi. Kiasi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow up? In Eastlands? Feather? No, I grew up in Kileleshwa. Kile- <laughs> <laughs> I'm <That's> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
my folks bought a home in Eastlands yeah. in Feather Estate so that's where we moved but I I grew up um until I was 14 we lived in Kilalashwa. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that you have a big family. Yes. Yeah, three uh three brothers, three, five sisters, five sisters four sisters because we are eight in total. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. five girls, three boys, yeah. Yeah. How how was your relationship with your folks, your mom and dad? Oh lord, um you know, I'm a daddy's girl. Um he's the first man to call me baby, so I absolutely love my dad. Um we butted heads a lot with my mom because we are I'm a lot like my mom, very strong-willed. So two strong-willed people can stay together, but I can honestly credit about 90% of my creativity to my mother. My mom was such a ball of energy, such a creative being. She got a stroke, she's still alive with thank God she's healthy. But when my mom was prime she was prime, my love for cooking, oh you guys, I can throw it down in the kitchen among other places. <laughs> <laughs> the moment you say that statement, the media this is <laughs> <laughs> this is a setup. <laughs> it's a family so show. It's a family. Sorry, Zari. <laughs> no, it's Zari. not. It's so, not. No, it's yes. Not. So, um, yes, I had a fantastic. I still have a fantastic relationship with my mom and dad. Yeah, my brothers and sisters. Your yeah, one quick lesson from your dad and one from your mom. Oh, my dad is still carry. A give. My dad is very forgive. Forgive. My dad is the most forgiving person to a fault. But I've learned the power of forgiveness. It's 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 really helped me alleviate my funk, made me who I am today, made me lighter on my feet. And true story, let me talk a bit about forgiveness causes unforgiveness causes cancer. Food for thought. Is that scientific? It is. Unforgiveness causes cancer. Hey, let it go. Whatever you're carrying, you've had it here from Cindy. Yeah. Um, you hosted, <clears throat> you hosted Rhapsody, right? Yes. Yeah. So, what's your all-time favorite neo oh, soul artist? Oh, Erica Badu. She's so crazy. She smokes way too much weed. She yeah. has way too many baby mamas, but baby daddies. Baby daddies. But she's flawed and she's unapologetic about it, and I like that. Super I eccentric. identify with broken people because yeah. I know how it feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm here nodding my head because Nico. Yes, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. You're preaching right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What has become more important to you in the recent months that was not that apparently or that important to you? Oh, teacher, teacher, investing. I did Centonomy. I have wasted my money. There was a time when I was bawling out of my bloody mind. But I was a loo. <laughs> I still am. Rachuonyo Student Association. Association. I bawled like crazy. Right now is when I'm discovering I really should have just bought more shares. Mm. So right now, invest, invest, invest. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, besides Soul, which mm-hmm. is fantastic, I think everything Pixar touch is out of this world yeah is there anything else like uh, an animation or a tv show that you would say watch this this is good for the soul this is good yeah. for the mind i I've, I've the curious case of benjamin button hello i think because it just shows the evolution of life and how youth is wasted on the young really so live life to the fullest i think that's the only movie i've watched more than four times yeah so you've seen taraji when she was yes, pretty young and Brad yes. Pitt. Look oh, at them. his performance was just stellar yeah, yeah. very yeah. beautiful story yeah we, we all have different and very personal definitions of success but who or what comes to mind when you think about success a successful person somebody who has uh, alignment body mind spirit soul 
there are lots of people, you don't know them, people in my circles, people, most of the people who don't care and not in a carefree way, but don't care because they have discovered how to gravitate this world without a lot of distractions. I could name so many people who I am just dying to, like I could breathe their air. But for me, that is a successful person. I know people are like, who's your role model? Uh, at the moment, I'll be very honest, there are very few people who I can say this is my role model. But it's everyday folks like you guys who are doing something different. And you're doing something different for good. That's the kind of stuff that I resonate with that warms my spirit. So if you're a person who wants to leave the world a better place and you're a person who does not take yourself too seriously because that's also a problem in terms of the quality of life that you live. Remember, I am now in the kind of business or um, zone where people die a lot in cancer. And one thing I've discovered is that, oh my God, this life is being lived wrong. It's too short. Cancer patients are so positive and they are so vibrant because they know what death is. They see it every day and they beat it. So people who have that mindset without a disease, that's, those are my people. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the thing you've uh, changed your mind about most recently? My friends. Yeah? Yeah. They're just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reevaluating my circle because I believe... I know that this is a season because I can feel the breaking. My bones are being broken. My heart is being broken. And I, this pain is, a, is very familiar. Been here before. And that's usually an indicator that God wants me to leave something behind. And how I know this is because I'm kicking and screaming like I always do, like we all do. But there's just some people that I feel God is telling me I need to let go of. And there are people who I love and care about. But I'm... I'm in that process of letting them go because I am free falling and knowing God will catch me. Fantastic. Yeah. If you're to have dinner with um, two people, dead or alive, once in a lifetime opportunity, uh, who will those wow. two people be? And um, touch on why a bit. Believe it or not, David Bowie. Hello. Black <laughs> star. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ziggy Stardust, I definitely have dinner with David Bowie. I just feel like we, the conversation would be endless, yeah. and we'd and he'd understand everything. Like I'd throw the funkiest, weirdest, nastiest, or even most spiritual thing, and he'd have a solid comeback. So definitely David Bowie. But right now, I would really love to sit down and have a chat with the new CEO of Safaricom. It's not even at a corporate plug. I just feel like he's terribly misunderstood. You know what I mean? And I just like to sit and find out who are you? Because he's also very sheltered and guarded. So I'd like to. Mysterious people intrigue me. Yeah. So I find him very mysterious and I'd like to sit down and, you know, just pick his brain about a couple of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, if anyone is listening to this and you have a direct link to Peter Ndegwa, Hala, 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 hala. <laughs> you know where to find her on Instagram. I hope he likes yeah. dirty jokes. <laughs> Do I look like the kind of person who cracks dirty jokes? Do you know sometimes oh, when I cast guys, I'm like, 
What? Are you not a mother of three kids? Do you not go to church? Oh, man, don't worry, David. You know, I was mind. raised cussing. I grew up in a house where people said four-letter words. Yeah. So it's sort of like in my inculcation. Incul- yeah. Is that right? Inculcation? There's no word like that. They, but it's not the one. <laughs> I've just done an Estarunga Timbalik thing. Yeah, yeah. And calculate. <laughs> um, how has your parenting style changed since you first born? And, oh, um, to you're now? asking such good questions. Oh, you guys, do you have kids? I, he does. I do. I don't. You do? Yeah, I do. A boy, a girl. A boy. The the most wonderful thing in this world. He's two years old. Oh, isn't he? Yeah, Just that cute is. little with the cute yeah. little feet and the round bum. Until he's that, you know, he starts talking back. Oh, you smacked that! <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see you too. Yeah, that's mm. a story for another day. But kids should be smacked a little bit. Um, I was very, <laughs> I wasn't very present with my with my with my firstborn. Something that breaks my heart because of I was I, I was down. Right now, I'm so. I see things in in my second and third 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 born last born, you know, um, and I'm present now. Like I don't want to miss anything. They go to the room. I want to see what they're doing. My son had a lot of time by himself, and sadly, he's. I can tell he has very he has traits that you know. I'm like you're going to. I hope you won't end up like your mom in terms of being very thoughtful and having deep pensive moments so sensitive and that's exactly how i was so i'm trying to sort of love him out of that but yes i am more present sadly with my second and third year old more present a bit softer because i was a bit hard on him yeah but that's what busy being born is exactly yeah. constantly yeah. improving yeah. wanting yeah. to become better and Amen. realizing this being cognizant of this um so one silly one before one deep one, yeah? Mm. So we'll do the t-shirt. But before then, kashata or mabuyu? Mabuyu. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Kashata makes you hara, by the way. Oh, yeah? Because it's coconut with... Coconut is already oily. Then they put sugar and oil. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Then it gives you cavities. But mabuyu is nice. Mabuyu. My tongue still red. You sound, you oh, sound, you had you sound like today. a mother right now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, coming out, Cindy. You can out. eat a box of mabuyu, but you can't eat a box of kashata. Yeah, you, interesting. You shit. Yeah. Yeah, mabuyu yeah. has vitamin C, very good sauce. Yes, 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 yes. Baobab. Mm. Yeah. Baobab powder. Ah, you yeah. see, we are parents. Mm. You didn't feel <laughs> No, I'm vitamin. just here nodding, Nico. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's because I'm Rasta. Yeah. <laughs> From Moranga. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Maze. <laughs> Those two things can coexist. Yes, you know? they, they could. Yeah. <laughs> they could. <laughs> so, so Cindy. Yes. <laughs> you're, this hour, this is normally our final question, yeah? Yes. So you're in front of um, billions of human beings, yeah? Uh-huh. Who happen to be mostly African. Okay. Yeah? yeah? And uh, next to you, or at least on the podium, mm-hmm. are other African greats. Yeah? So we always give the same example. So we always say you have Wanga Remadai, Nelson Mandela, right. Binyavanga, all Thomas the Sankara. Sankara, for yeah, sure. Mutoko, yes. Yes, all of them right there. And uh, for Larry this particular Mado. day, Larry Mado, yeah, for sure. Yes. 
for sure yeah. and now he's back by the larry because we know cindy will send to you this uh link we'd really love to have you with i can us. hook you. larry you have to come i can hook you up that's what's he's up. it's his schedule i'm sure is very busy yeah uh, but i can just give him a good word he's yeah. so easy you guys yeah. he's just the coolest thing fantastic and here's yeah. your story it, it's an epitome of busy being born yeah sure. isn't it yeah, for it sure is. for oh, sure yeah. Maze. Yeah. so you're standing with all this all these great africans right. yeah uh but you don't get a chance to talk yeah but you have um something written on your t-shirt which in a way conveys your message mm. to your african people what would this quote or what would this statement or what would this words on your t-shirt be and note caveat you've dropped a lot of gems in our conversation so mm. it can't dropped. be anything you said <laughs> <laughs> but if if we really insist well and good yeah, yeah. The t-shirt would definitely say if there's no enemy on the inside the enemy on the outside can't hurt you. Amen. Drop mic. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Cindy Ogana Rogoi. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Santa oh Santa. wow, you've cleansed my soul like Santa Santa. I didn't think it was going to be this kind of a podcast. I thought it was going to be, you know, those things of, uh, you know, sometimes I've been interviewed a couple of times and interviews can be a bit one note. Um, but this has, it's changed me somewhat. It's, it's, um, I'm almost tearing. It's, it's so beautiful what you guys are doing. So if you need any, anybody to vouch for you, any referee, in terms of the depth or the significance of what you're doing what i feel now is not man made you know no i met you before kamande maybe mm. i have forgotten abu sense last time i saw him was on stage but i don't think we've said hi hi to each other you know i met maria right now and for a second i forgot her name that's so was like i called everybody then i didn't call your name cuz like the name miriam stuck you know i met you but i forgot about you even through the door i thought you were martin uh. you know <laughs> then you said you were commanding the just so i've never met you guys before from adam um b- well i have but you know what i mean i haven't met you in a while so i didn't know what i was coming into but how i'm living now this is not man made goes to show you that whatever is happening here is also not man made Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Um we find each other, you know. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we find each Isn't other. It? We we always do. Ladies and gents, we won't even say anything else. We'll just remind you, <laughs> you know how to find us. Um right before we plug in Cindy's different social media plugs, we'll remind you we are now officially busy being born underscore underscore everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, And on Facebook we are at the Busy Being Born podcast. Cindy, how can guys plug you? Um on Facebook, uh Cindy Ogana Rogoi, that's my personal Facebook and I'm a bit guarded about that. So my public Facebook is Cindy Ogana Radio Host MC Poet. On Instagram is Cindy Ogana Rogoi, on Twitter is Cindy Ogana. And your YouTube And my YouTube is Cindy Ogana. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. I need to do more of that YouTube stuff. Yeah. I'm more on Instagram now but yeah. Yeah. You can still follow a couple of um episodes of um of uh Cassette Anchor. It's yeah. going places you guys. Yeah, yes, it, it is. is. 
It is going to and get like me my new ride. We're here. We're all here for it. Yeah? Yeah, we're all here for it. Can okay. I ask, have you guys listened or watched any episode? Be honest. If you haven't, it's fine. Yeah. Which was your favorite? I didn't know about it up till he mentioned it. Are you serious? Yeah. Tell me, tell me, which was your favorite? Or which which one stayed with you when I talked about what? Relationships. And there's one where you're talking about um, how toxicity in relationships, I guess. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, and it's very recent, to be honest. So mm. we're still doing our research, and yeah. but yeah, for, because now I found out about it, mm. um, yeah, we're definitely going to binge, to binge, 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 binge. It's alright. I say inculcated. You said Moranga. binge. Yeah, yeah. it's alright. Yeah, I'm from Moranga. I'm from Moranga. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cindy, thank you so much thank for making time. Guys, Sante, um, we we are really grateful that you could make time, and we we definitely enjoyed this. We've learned a lot. We've grown. Yeah, Less. I like how you go in, you know, from serious into um, I'm out hearing, um, yeah. you know, different parts of this conversation, and then coming back and uh, getting the seriousness and learning. Yeah. So I like how you take uh, people through the motions with your stories. Uh, I like your girl for an MC gig. Yeah, diapers yeah. are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, the word that. Um, stuck with me not because it was mentioned anywhere in this podcast but it kept on ringing in my heart was healing i find this episode super healing so thank you for that cindy for you who's listening to us asante sana for engaging let's keep on doing this uh whether you're listening from 1 to 12 to 13 whatever order whether you're listening to us in 2021, Ama 2050, we send all the sunshine and positivity to you. Stay busy being born. And we'll finish off by reminding you that we have been your host. I being Kegodu. And I am Kamande. And remember, if you're not busy being born, then you are probably busy not living. listening to our podcast. Do look out for more from us. For now, Kwahiri.